Back in my day, we had smoking in the boys' room. Today, we have menstruating in the boys' room. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you are listening to the Women's Blaining Podcast. And today, we are talking about Oregon's new menstrual dignity law. If it sounds absolutely insane and outrageous and like, are we being punked? That's because that's what it is. Oregon has passed a law that now is requiring schools, government schools in the state of Oregon, to install menstrual products and machines in the boys' restrooms. This is all in the name of menstrual dignity and gender equality. And of course, it does not come without a heavy dose of indoctrination. Now, here's what's really interesting to me is that they're even doing this in the elementary schools. So our elementary school boys are going to have tampons and pads in their bathrooms. Talk about confusion. I mean, when I, as a girl, as a female, when I was in elementary school, the thought of a period grossed me out. As a female, can you imagine these elementary school boys with menstrual products in their bathrooms? If people who are really not paying attention to politics or they see this kind of stuff happening and they think, well, it's really not that big of a deal. It's crazy, but it's really not going anywhere. What do you think the agenda behind all of this is? There is a reason that these people on the radical left want to access our kids as young as possible. It's because the earlier they get to the kids, the easier it is for them to indoctrinate them, to confuse them, to manipulate them. If they can start this in schools at an early age, that means these kids will just grow up thinking that this is normal and this is the way that things are. I am a mom of an 18-year-old son. My son's going to graduate here in just a few weeks. And this morning I was on my laptop sitting on the couch and he came down and we were chatting about just stuff and things. And he was asking me what I was working on. And I told him I was reading this article about this new menstrual dignity law in the state of Oregon and, and what that meant. And I said, what would you think about having tampon machines in your boy's bathroom at school. And I can't directly quote him because he said some choice curse words, but you can imagine it was kind of a WTF moment. He said, that's just really crazy. Why would they do that? And it's really upsetting to me as a mother of a son, as a mom, I mean, just as parents, even if you don't have boys, this should be upsetting to us as parents, as citizens, that these people want to teach our children that anybody can have a period, a boy can have a period, and that there is some sort of inclusivity necessary around people having periods. There once was a time when women were discreet about having their period. It wasn't really something that you announced to everybody around you that this was going on. Maybe your girlfriends knew about it if, you know, at school you needed to bum a tampon off of somebody and you were pretty discreet about it because you really didn't want 
everybody around you, all of your peers, to know your private business and what was going on. But now we're going to have classes about it because we have to make sure that it is equitable and we have to make sure that we are inclusive about it. So the state of Oregon has come up with their four pillars of menstrual dignity, and these include privacy, inclusivity, access, and education. Part of what they are trying to do here, and I will have a link in the notes uh, so that you can see this for yourself, um, but to celebrate menstruation as a normal, positive part of human development. They also want to affirm and uplift how tribal nations and tribal American communities recognize and honor this milestone with respect. Come on. The adults have gone crazy and they want to push this on our kids who already feel awkward enough when they start having their periods. I mean, this is a time when girls, because girls have periods, this is a time that's really awkward for girls. It feels weird when you get your first period. There's no like announcement like, hey, it's going to start tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Be ready. It just happens and it's awkward and it can be embarrassing depending on where you are. And you kind of don't know what to do with yourself. And here we're going to like make it even more weird for these kids by making it into some Native American milestone. Well, that's fine if you're, you know, having some sort of special education piece around Native Americans and healthcare and things that they celebrate. That's fine. Include that. But why is this something that's being pushed at large to all of the students? Well, because it's all part of the agenda. It's all part of their woke ideology. And we have to make everybody do these weird things and cater to these causes that the left wants us to cater to. So they've also got in here um, that they will include instruction on menstruation within the sexuality education classes in groups of all gender students in order to reduce shame and gender-based bullying. So I believe they still do it this way because I do have girls in high school and there's that part of the health unit where the girls are separated from the boys and the girls go off and learn about the girl things and the boys go off and they learn about the boy things. Well, now it's going to be taught in a um, all gender format so that there's no shame involved. For the small group of students that may suffer from gender dysphoria, is there a way that we could compassionately cater to these students and give them what they need without sacrificing the other 99.9% of the kids and normalizing this to the kids? Well, sure there is. Of course there is. But that's not the way we do it because we want to confuse these kids. It's all part of the plan. If we can confuse them, we can control them, we can manipulate them, and we will have a fully controllable society in the not too distant future. What I also found was interesting is that part of the agenda with this Menstrual Dignity Act is to increase awareness of two-spirit people and their historical standing in the tribal nation communities as a highly respected and honored people. 
Now, you might be wondering, what is Two-Spirit People? Well, if you've ever seen the LGBTQ acronym that includes the 2S+, that the 2S is the Two-Spirit People. And it is now part, you know, it's, it's become part of the Alphabet People acronym. I believe it's pretty much, a st- it's pretty standard when you see the LGBTQ, it also includes the 2S+. But um, what the Two-Spirit is, the Two-Spirit does not simply imply someone who is Native American, Alaska Native, and gay. Traditionally, Native American Two-Spirit people were male, female, and sometimes intersexed individuals who contributed, who combined activities of both man and woman with traits unique to their status as Two-Spirit people. In most tribes, they were considered neither men nor women. They occupied a distinct alternative gender status. In tribes where two-spirit males and females were referred to with the same term, this status amounted to a third gender. In other cases, two-spirit females were referred to with a distinct term and therefore constituted a fourth gender. Although there were important variation in two-spirit roles across North America, they shared some common traits. And I'm not going to go into the details on the common traits. Um, I will link that. But there was specialized work roles, gender variation, spiritual sanction, and same-sex relation. So if you come from a Christian worldview, this is pretty evil stuff. And this is what they want to teach our children in as early as elementary school. They also want to integrate trans-specific puberty information in their K through 12 instruction. K, kindergarten, kindergarten through 12th grade. They want to integrate trans-specific puberty information to the kindergartners. Now, here in Washington State, where I live, they're already doing this with the comprehensive sex education that was passed back in uh, I believe it was 2019. But if you're lo- if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, thank God that's in Oregon and not in my state, newsflash, this is going to be spreading like a virus. If you listened to my post the other day about leftism is a virus and it's very contagious in the United States, this garbage, this menstrual dignity is going to spread like a virus across the United States starting with these far left liberal blue states and then it will infiltrate the purple guys if we don't stand up and start opposing this stuff right now it is going to spread like wildfire and it's gonna spread fast and if you are even if you're not a parent i always like to speak to the non-parents too because this doesn't just affect parents and families this is a foundational problem for our country. And it's the attack on our families and our children. And this is how they plan to destroy and control the country by attacking our children, which is if they get control of the children, then parents no longer have control. And the the schools and the teachers unions think that's perfectly acceptable. They believe that they should have just as much right. They sh- should have full right to your kids when your kids are in school. That's what our government believes. And Joe Biden even said that just a few days ago when he was talking at a teacher's union function. I believe it was teacher's union. I might be wrong. I'll look it up and I'll put the link in the notes. But that's what he believes. And that's what the teacher's unions believe. And, you know, there are I I always want to be careful to acknowledge that we have a lot of 
really good teachers in our education system. And a lot of them have been teaching for many, many years. And we do have teachers that are coming up through, you know, we've got kids graduating from high school who really do want to be teachers because they love education and they want no part of this indoctrination. But what the teachers union is working so hard to do is to groom teachers through these liberal education systems and then put them into our government schools. I mean, we're seeing that across the country. If you follow libs of TikTok on Twitter, you can watch video after video of these LGBTQ teachers whose mission it is to teach children about you know, 56 different genders or, you know, doctors guess when a baby is born. The doctor makes a guess as to what gender it is. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. These are people that want to teach our kids. And and we need to I, I'm I've said it before and I'll say it again, but I am of the belief that it's time to burn it down. The government schools are shot. It's time to just burn it to the ground and build a new system. If you can get your kids out of the government schools, that's the best thing to do. We tried here in Washington to make sure that no more funding got passed for the students that had unenrolled because the money should follow the student. That didn't, that, that bill ended up passing and the schools got funding for the I think it's like 44,000 kids in our state who had been unenrolled. And now the taxpayers are going to have to pay for those empty seats. But the way we fight back is in education. I believe that education is one of the, the biggest, if not the biggest issue of our time and that we're facing today. And we need to fight for fight for school choice, fight for dollars to follow students so that we're not paying these institutions to indoctrinate our children. And this is going to be a hard fight, you guys, because the teachers unions, I believe, are probably one of, if not the most powerful activist organizations in our country today. And they're not just infiltrating and influencing leaders on the Democratic side. They're also on the right. And we're seeing that all over the country, the teachers unions pulling their weight, pulling their dollars towards people on the right, not just the left. So it's something that we really have to have our eyes wide open to and be awake to it and stand up against it. It's going to be a hard fight and we're going to meet resistance on all sides. And so we need to be prepared for that and prepared for a long it's 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 a marathon, not a sprint. This is going to take a long time and I you know, we may not see it in our lifetime, but we got to start the fight sometime and we've got to be prepared for the marathon. So, I am putting some links for this in the notes for the podcast so that you can go look it up for yourself. I would encourage you to talk to your kids about this. Keep having those conversations about truth and about you know, what is gender and what is a man and a woman and what's going, you know, tell them about what's going on and teach them why it's going on. Teach them why the left is doing what they're doing and what their ultimate agenda is. If our children understand, then it helps them to fight back. And as a mom of four teenagers, I can tell you that there is so much confusion 
in our children and they are seeing stuff not just in school but on social media and they don't know what to do with it it's overwhelming to them now more than ever they need to hear truth they need to be grounded in truth and they need that support from their parents from the other adults in their lives from mentors I know for me growing up I had so many amazing mentors I had amazing teachers that you know people that I still am in touch with today and so I would encourage you if you're not a parent or if you have a close relationship with uh, a child who's not your own develop those relationships and be a mentor to these kids because these kids so desperately need truth and light in their lives. So we have an opportunity to be a firm foundation for these kids and share truth and share, most importantly, share God's truth with them. So that's the amazing thing about the Bible is it's pretty straightforward. It's really straightforward and it doesn't change. God's word does not change. It is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's a firm foundation that our young people can stand on today. Please look into this Please know that if you're not in Oregon, it's probably coming for you wherever you are at some point. And so we need to be ready to oppose it and stand up for our young ladies and our young men. Our boys don't need this in their bathrooms. Let's not push the crazy on our kids who are already dealing with enough crazy. If you are in the Western Washington area, I'm going to be at a rally for Scott Stevenson who is running for Congress in Washington's 8th District. I will be at a rally for Scott tomorrow, Saturday, May 7th. We'll be at Bernard Memorial Park in Fall City, Washington from 1 to 4 p.m. And I'm going to be speaking along with a few other conservatives. Scott is uh, an America First candidate, and he's also a father. And one of the things that I like most about Scott is that one of his top issues is the indoctrination of our children, what's going on in our schools and what's going on in our country to indoctrinate our kids. So you'll hear about that from me tomorrow, but would love to see you there. I'll put some information in that about the notes as well. But again, that is tomorrow, May 7th, 1 to 4 p.m. in Fall City. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have a great weekend. If you like the podcast, would you please do me a favor and rate it, subscribe, and even share it with your friends. And I will see you again next week. 